Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me as always, my co-host Lance Williams. Lance, happy Halloween, my friend. Happy Halloween to you as well, and happy Halloween to all of the listeners out there. I hope you guys are dressed up as a Ravens win. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I think you so just mis- I think you just misspoke. No, no. I hope guys are dressed up as five, two, and one. A Ravens win. A win uh, over the Ravens. Okay. All right. I misheard that. All right. You didn't miss me. I thought you were t- <laughs> five, two, and one. Yeah. I was like, come on, man. I know you're negative and all, but geez, we haven't even talked about the game yet. <laughs> all right. Um, so Happy Halloween to everyone that is watching with us live here on YouTube. If you are watching us live on YouTube, be sure to take advantage of the live chat. If I feel a little tired, it's because I've already been out with my kids who are on the East Coast trick-or-treating. Our neighborhood is a flipping madhouse, and it's done. Okay, it's done. I'm done. Let's talk some Steelers football. Let's get right into it with the news There really is not much news with the injury front. Um, I haven't seen the report yet today. Like I said, I was out trick-or-treating. I'll be anxious to see if Marcus Gilbert practices. He missed time last week. If fans see that Ben Roethlisberger doesn't practice, don't freak out. I don't think the fractured index finger on his non-throwing hand is going to make much of a difference. Also, Cody Sensabaugh. He has a foot injury. As much as we don't like Cody Sensabaugh, it is what it is. You want to see if he's available because Lord knows if Artie Burns is going to show up on time or if he's going to actually be disciplined for that. And that's where I want to start, Lance. Uh, Before we get into our stat geek segment, because I know we both have some stats here that we want to read off from last week or just about the team in general. So I'm sure you heard the news that Artie Burns didn't play in week eight against the Cleveland Browns. And at first, everyone was wondering why. Come to find out, the report came from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that his sources told him that a player that Artie Burns missed or was late to a meeting or slash activity slash walkthrough on Saturday. Turns out, Mike Tomlin corroborated with that and said, yes, that is affirmative. He missed the, he was late, so he paid the, paid the punishment. What was your first reaction to that? Young man doesn't get it that you have a finite amount of time to play in the National Football League and your missed opportunity is somebody else's opportunity. And if you don't handle your business, you'll be out of the league before you got in the league. There are a lot of guys that want to be the starting cornerback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you don't appreciate that, your dream will be over very soon. My question for you next is, do you compare this situation from the Le'Veon Bell situation prior to the Jacksonville Jaguars playoff game? Had a really good uh, article that we published today on the website about how Mike Tomlin did not hold a double standard here because reportedly he knew about Le'Veon Bell's late tardiness slash missing the walkthrough and Artie Burns. He did not. I don't know if I buy that though. I, I honestly don't. So Le'Veon Bell, and I understand he's one of your better offensive players. 
he calls you up and says, Coach, I got a problem. I'm going to miss the walkthrough before a playoff game. And you say, okay, that's fine. And then Artie Burns, who, let's be honest, was a starter, and he's not some scrub. It's not like Jordan Dangerfield calling up Coach Tomlin. So, so let's... <laughs> Okay, so Artie Burns calls up Tomlin, or doesn't call him up, just rolls up a little bit late, and he sits for four quarters. Doesn't play a defensive snap, only plays 10 special team snaps. you see a double standard there, Lance, or do you think I'm reading too much into it? Who? Can, what? Another another question, please. Who? All right, press conference <laughs> over. Press conference over. Who? We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. Uh... Of course, it's a double standard. I mean, Le'Veon Bell at the time was an all-pro running back. You want to go to the Super Bowl. So there's an obvious double standard, and it should be a double standard. I mean, you want to win the football game. I mean, discipline is a big thing. I understand that. But losing is a bigger thing. Artie Burns is not playing good football. They felt that they would be okay. I didn't even realize he played special team snaps in that game. Yeah, he actually did. Yeah, he played 10 uh, special team snaps on Sunday. Well, I'm surprised he didn't commit five holds. So so at least he played good football. Look, he was prepared. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I I don't know. To me, it just as a former coach, it rubs me the wrong way. I understand that certain players get certain treatment. That happens at every single level of athletics from high school on. But at the same time, it just rubs me the wrong way. I don't like it. I didn't like it when I heard about it. I thought that if he was just late, if that was the only thing that he did was roll up late, late, not missing the whole walkthrough, but just late and you bench him for four quarters, just seems a little harsh to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm by myself here, but it just seems a little harsh to me. So well, think we'll about look. it, Jeff. Go ahead. Think about it, Jeff. The guy backpedaled into the end zone and watched the guy running out in front of him and acted like he had help to his right when the only thing to his right was the boundary. That guy better be on time because clearly that guy does not know his assignments. I'm not saying that Artie Burns is deserving to start or anything like that. It's more just about the punishment with me than it is anything else. Uh, Because to me, with Bell, and the fact that it was a playoff game, that also gets me going. Because if you're, you know, no one knows what the excuse was with Le'Veon Bell, but my goodness, man, this is a playoff game. And I know it was against the Jaguars, but the Jaguars beat your butt at Hinesfield earlier in the season in week five last year. I don't know. We'll agree to disagree on this one. It just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not defending Artie Burns. He has not played good football. His head certainly does not look like it's in the game. But still just rubbed me the wrong way. So let's get into our stat geek segment. This is where Lance and myself provide you with some statistics that we find could be interesting, could be telling, could be about the entire team or could be about a specific player. Do you want to go first Lance or do you want to defer to the second half? Uh, I'll go first. I want to read off some stats from the guy that I call 
John Connor, a.k.a. the Terminator, because he's terminating Le'Veon Bell's value. And every time I think of Le'Veon Bell, I keep thinking of the Far Side song. She keeps on passing me by, passing me by. <laughs> because that's what Levy, that's what he's doing to Le'Veon Bell. He's passing Le'Veon by, and Le'Veon will be a soon distant memory. And these stats are why. 100-yard rushing games, he has four, tied for first in the National Football League. Two-plus rushing TD games, four, tied for first in the National Football League. Rushes of 20 yards or more, seven, tied for first in the National Football League. Rushing TDs, nine, tied for second. Rushes of 10 yards or more, 19, tied for second. Rushing yards, 600, third, tied for third in the National Football League. Scrimmage yards, 922, fourth in the National Football League. Rushes for first down, 30, fourth in the, in the National Football League. She keeps on passing me by, passing me by. My apologies to listeners for having to, your ears might start bleeding at this point after hearing that, that lovely falsetto voice coming from the other end. Um, let me ask you a question, because those are amazing statistics, and I don't think anyone watching, listening to this thinks that James Conner is not fully capable of being not just a starter for the Steelers, but a superstar in the league. I know I have something. Is there anything that, I, like I said, I have something in my mind here, but do you see anything that James Conner does better than Le'Veon Bell? Because let's be honest, everyone's always comparing the two, and everyone says, well, you know, his, the concern was that he could, can he catch the football out of the backfield? Well, yes, he can. But does he catch it better than Le'Veon Bell? Or, you know, everyone always saying, like, well, Bell's just so patient, has the vision. My question to you, Lance, is there anything that James Conner does that you feel he is better than Le'Veon Bell? I think he's a more violent runner, and he's a better downhill runner. He hits the hole with suddenness, and he has better speed, which is why he runs for more 20-yard-plus runs and rushes of twenty of 10 yards plus. I don't even know if Le'Veon Bell had a rush for 20 yards last year. So one of the detriments, I think, to Le'Veon Bell's running style is it takes him a little bit to get back up to top end speed. He's hitting it more violently and more suddenly, which allows him to break off more runs. So I think he's a better downhill runner and a more violent runner. You definitely hit on something that I was going to say, and that is speed. He is, I don't know if on a straight line 40, 40 time what they would run, but he is a faster back and he is more burst than Le'Veon Bell. And not only that, I think he's more balanced. When was the last time you saw James Conner go down by with one tackler? I can't remember. I just enjoy watching this kid play football, and it's been a long time since I've said that about an NFL player or a Pittsburgh Steeler. And there's actually a couple on this team that I, I just really like watching them play football. He's one of them. Juju Smith-Schuster's another. I guess I, I enjoy their approach. 
I feel like their approach is, is almost like an old school approach. And I'm not necessarily one of those old school guys that, you know, you got to hand the ball off. I just feel like James Conner has his mind right. Um, after you go look at what he's been through. And I just feel like it, I, I, I really enjoy watching him run the football. Um, I, think, I, I think you hit it on the head, Jeff. It, it, you don't feel like there's any agendas with him. Like he's just out there playing hard ass football, Pittsburgh Steelers style. Yes. Like just hard physical football, and you could you you just feel the passion that he's playing with. It just radiates. No airs. He's just going out there playing some kick ass hard football, trying to get every inch. Now, young man needs to to hold the football. Because sometimes trying to get that extra inch, you know, he, he puts the ball in, in some harmful situations, but but there's no airs with it. That it's it's a ref, it's refreshing. He's playing the game physically and just running hard. Like like I almost feel like I'm watching a young kid who's just grateful and happy that he's playing and he's playing with that energy and passion and it comes through. Absolutely. And you can't blame him. Like I said, you, you look at his backstory, which everyone knows. Um, he's 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 got to be thankful on so many levels. I mean, the first person he has to thank is Le'Veon Bell. Because just, let's just assume Bell would have showed up in week one. The Steelers would have no clue what they would have in James Conner. They, they would have an idea, but they would have no physical evidence that he is capable of what he's showing right now. This situation, in my opinion, could not have worked out better for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not any better. They're saving money on next year's salary cap. They have a proven starter that's waiting now in the wings who's ready to go, James Conner, who's on a rookie contract, who's not a first-round draft pick, so there's not have to worry about the fifth-year option. Um, they, they couldn't have gone better. The only way it could go better, and and I can't believe I'm saying this, but that is, it could only go better if Le'Veon Bell just doesn't show up. Am I right? Do you agree with that? No, I'm not going to agree with that. Come on, I man. If he sh- if he shows up, if he shows up, if he shows up, nothing good can come from it. Nothing. It's going to be interesting. It depends on how what that locker room is like Tomlin manages it but you do need as many good p- players to win a super bowl and to beat the dreaded uh, and to beat that offensive juggernaut in kansas city you're going i want to echo the point you made about the salary cap i mean that 15 million that's huge savings I mean, when you look at the steelers cap i mean they're paying a franchise and they're paying a franchise-wide receiver almost best in the NFL money. So when you reduce your salary cap by, which would have been possibly another $15 million, so much money to build the back into your roster and to fortify your defense. I mean, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. The Steelers are like, fine. Continue not and give us while we're getting NFL elite production from your backup. Yeah. Now, one of the things about James Conner that you brought up 
which is one of the stats that actually you sent me. And I saw I saw this myself. This is from Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And that was the fact that James Conner has not been super safe with the football in his hands so far this season. But he's not the only one turning the ball over. The Steelers as a whole have been turning the ball over a little bit more than you know most would like. Mike Tomlin in his Tuesday press conference did say that that is that not only the turnovers need to stop, but they need to start taking the ball away. So here's this here's my stat geek stat. That is that the Steelers are the only National Football League team with a winning record that has more giveaways, 12, than takeaways, 9. It's an interesting statistic, but in my mind, it's troubling on multiple levels. It's troubling that they're giving the ball away. I know that some of the interceptions that Roethlisberger's thrown are not necessarily his fault, yet it's still a, it's still a giveaway. The possession changes. At the same time, man, takeaways have not come easily to this team. Hayden got that pick last game. Uh, a couple fumble recoveries. This team, this defense, maybe it's going to start to change if they can get a little bit more physical. But Lance, you have to agree, this is a troubling statistic. Yeah, with that defense, they can't sustain that. They 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 will not win a Super Bowl if that stat line holds true. The only way you can win a Super Bowl if you if you more than you take it away is if you score close to forty points a game in Kansas City or like the Patriots are now, where your offense is just so dynamic that it just fixes all issues. And their offense is good, but it's not that good. So I think it is. And it's interesting that Tomlin brought it out uh, in terms of the bye week after the bye week and stuff like that as to a harmful stat that they need to correct. Yeah, absolutely. So now... Let's switch gears. Let's go to our true and false segment, in which case we will have statements. Lance and I will state whether that is true or whether it is false. We typically disagree, but sometimes we do on occasion agree. And most of these are going to be geared up towards the Week 9 game against the Baltimore Ravens. In my opinion, it is the biggest game of the season, not just because it's the next game on the schedule, but because this game has a ton of of divisional implications involved in it. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers currently have not beaten the Ravens. They lost in week four at home against the Ravens at, on Sunday night football. But this game has a little different look to it. We'll get to some of those topics here in the true or false. So Lance, first statement. Are you ready? Far away. It sounds like you're shuffling papers. Get yourself together. All right, here we go. The Terminator... James Connor, not John Connor, runs for at least 85 yards, at least 85 yards against the Browns, or my fault, against the Ravens. True or false? False. I think he's going to have a good game Sunday, but I think his rushing line will probably be high 70s. But he'll make some impact as well in the passing game. So I'm thinking a game around 75 yards rushing, maybe four or five receptions for another 45 to 50 yards. I'm going to go ahead and say true. I feel like this is a game where he has a, dare I say it, Le'Veon Bell-type performance. Bell has been a player that has burned the Ravens the last few seasons, especially in Baltimore. And 
it was the those situations where I guess maybe the only time I've seen it so far this year was that drive against the Browns where they had 10 plays, 10 runs, and they just drove it right down their throats. They've done this to this Ravens team before, and they can do it again. I think he I don't think he eclipses a hundred, but I think he goes over eighty-five. All right, next true or false statement. The Pittsburgh Steelers will sack a Ravens quarterback three times. That could be Lamar Jackson. That could be Joe Flacco, whomever that may be. Lance, true or false? I'm going to say false. I think they get two, but they get much more pressure on Flacco than they did the first game. Flacco's been getting the ball out. They'll take their shots deep but they also do a lot of stuff with shallow crosses and they get the ball out and they mix in a lot of runs. So I don't know if there's going to be a ton of opportunities where the Steelers will get them into some third and long situations where they can really get after them, but I'm going to go with two, but with quite a few hurries and pressures. I do think quarterback hits, quarterback hurries are going to be a huge statistic to follow during this game. But I'm going to say push with three or more. There's one big reason, and it's number, he's number, he changes number, number 28 on your roster. Mike Hilton is in this game. He was not in the game last time they played with an elbow injury suffered against the the, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He's in the lineup. He's a tremendous blitzer. He's going to be able to get pressure on Flacco. And a lot of times, if you watch the film, he doesn't necessarily get the sack, but he oftentimes pushes the quarterback into a sack. The quarterback reads the blitz, starts to shuffle his feet, slides up, slides to the side. That's where Cam Hayward, Javon Hargrave, or Stefan Tewitt are waiting. And so I think that because the Mike Hilton factor will be in effect, I'll take the Steelers getting three or more sacks on Sunday, which is it is surprising. It's a one o'clock game. I, I, I'm stunned it's not a four or even a night game, but nonetheless, here we are at a one o'clock. All right, next true or false statement, Lance. The Steelers will give up four big plays in the passing game. What are we saying that this is? Are we saying this is a 20-yard play or more, or are we saying 25 yards or more? I, I say 20 yards or more. I've seen where it's 25, but I think classically it's 20. Okay. So I'm going to we'll, say false. Okay, I'm going to so say you, false. I think it's right. 20. I'm going to say false. I say they give up three. So I think it's false. I think they'll have a better plan to keep it underneath. Uh, and, and I think they'll have a better plan in terms of how they deal with John Brown. So I think it's going to be less. So I'll say false. Okay, I think that it's also going to be false. I think that Joe Hayden is healthy now. Joe Hayden played in that first game, but you have to remember he was coming off that hamstring injury. I do not think that he was 100% healthy for that game. I think that that's a big difference. Cody Sensabaugh playing and or Cameron Sutton will be interesting to watch. I think that this defense... I can't believe I'm saying this might be turning the corner a little bit. They might've started to figure things out. We'll talk about that later down the road. All right, let's get to our next one. Um, (laughs) The Steelers made a mistake by not making a trade before the October 30th NFL trade deadline. True or false. 
This is a tough one because as Steeler fans, we were pretty much resigned to the fact that they weren't going to make a move. I think they're going to rue today. I think it's true. I think they're going to kick themselves that, and I don't know how aggressively they tried. That's the caveat here. I don't know how aggressively they tried to get a corner, but I think they're going to rue the day that they don't get a corner opposite Joe Hayden. The Hardy ball burns situation is problematic. That that's not the level of corner that you need, in my opinion. Given the way that Mike Hilton is playing, and given the way that Hayden is playing, if you put a better facet side, that that's what we're talking about when, when you're talking about trying to compete for a championship. So I think they're going to rue the day that they didn't. So I'm going to say it's true. Well, I guess my question for you you and this helps it helps lead into my answer is do you think the Steelers defense is one or two players away from being a Super Bowl caliber defense yes I think in today's NFL yes because it's so hard to be a dominant NF a dominant defense in today's NFL the way the rules are set up I think you just need to be a defense that can potentially take the ball away and not get your team blown out in games, especially when you have a very good offense that scores a lot of points. So you just need to sort of tread water, bend, not break, and play good situational defense. The model for that are the New England Patriots. They never have a good defense. It's just good situationally. What it does is tread water and allows Tom Brady to slice you up, and they win. That, I agree. That's the model. Yeah. And, and, and I think when you add another corner in the mix, the Steelers can do that even better. I agree with you. I agree that the Steelers are that type of defense. I agree that they should have tried to make a trade, but at the same time, we don't know what the asking prices were for some of these players. And the best cornerbacks aren't really on the market. So, I understand why the Steelers didn't make a trade. They're not going to trade a first-round pick um, unless it would be someone like Patrick Peterson, which all reports, including himself, stated that he was not on the option, was not an option, was not on the trade block. So for this, they will regret it, but I don't think that I necessarily blame them for not making the move. Okay, next one. Big Ben Roethlisberger's broken thumb. It's not a broken thumb. I'm sorry. His broken index finger on his non-throwing hand will impact his performance moving forward. True or false? Lancey, are you there? The impact of his... Can you hear me? Uh, you broke up a little bit. Go ahead and try that again. We didn't hear whether it was true or false. I'm going to say it's false. No impact on his ability to play football. He played the rest of that game with it. I think the great is the looks that Baltimore presents Pittsburgh. And I think defense really challenges Steeler offense. And it's got after the Steeler offense, I think, better than any defense this year. The Steelers really struggled in that game. So I think his fingers of his worries in this matchup. 
I agree that it will, or I say false, it will not impact his performance. I believe that he always wears a glove on his non-throwing hand anyways. They'll probably have a small splint in that glove. The only thing that that might impact would be taking a direct snap under center. But Lance, like you just said, the Steelers, he played the second half with that injury. Didn't seem to bother him. They run the majority of their offense out of the shotgun. Should not impact the game at all. Last one here, Lance. The Steelers will score more than 20 points against that vaunted Ravens defense on Sunday. True or false? All right, Lance, hold on. We're you're breaking up a little bit. We'll see if we can get him. I think they will absolutely score be a 40 point or something like that, or even high 30s. You'll me back. Hey, you're really breaking up here. Um, and it sounds really really sloppy. So maybe check your signal. Get take a second. I'll go ahead and carry it here. Um, I think that this is true. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is dynamic enough. And especially with James Conner showing his ability to both play in the passing game as a receiver and the way that they're using him now, he's now going to be the mismatch that Le'Veon Bell was. And that's why Bell typically did succeed against the Ravens. I'm curious as to what they do at the receiver position. Not so much Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. We know that obviously those two players are those two players. I was kind of di- was kind of disappointed by the fact that James Washington did not get a helmet in week eight coming off a of bye week. I definitely thought that was a a step backwards for the rookie. Justin Hunter getting as many snaps as he did. I'm just not a believer that Justin Hunter is a difference maker. I'm not I guess I'm not a believer that James Washington is either. But James Washington is also, in my opinion, an unknown commodity at the NFL level. Whereas Justin Hunter, we've kind of been there, done that, seen that. They're gonna be they're gonna need to be dynamic. I think that the tight ends are gonna have to have a big day, but I do see the Steelers getting over 20 points in this game. Because I think this offense is that good. I think they're they're I don't know if they're averaging 30 yet. They've gone over 30. They, they might be really close to 30. If you're watching this show on YouTube Live, I have the, the group chat up now. Um, go ahead. If someone can look, that would be awesome. I don't have time right now. And Lance is getting drug over the coals for his shoddy reception. So, Lance, are you back with us? Or are you still uh, in I hope so. Okay. I hope I, I hope I sound better. You do because you're getting beat up in this uh, in this YouTube chat. Man, it's Halloween. Give me a break. The <laughs> ghouls and ghosts and goblins are out. So, <laughs> if you guys saw where I was doing the show, you you would appreciate the effort of me trying to get this done. But uh, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, Jeff. I I think uh, the whole wide receiver thing is. Very interesting. That's another that would have been nice bringing in the third wide receiver. But but yeah, I think the more importantly, I think they found a formula 
at which to play offense that works in confidence. And that's why I think they will score more than 20 points in this game. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm laughing at some of these comments about your connection. Lance is out here using his neighbor's Wi-Fi. <laughs> Lance's internet, is, Lance's internet has been drinking. True or false? <laughs> it's, it's close to. It's close. It's very, it's very close. It's very. It sounds very shoddy. I will be honest. So I apologize to all the listeners out there. Um, I want to get into our predictions, but I want to make sure Lance, like, if you if, if you're back, if you're not mobile anymore, if you can connect to wireless, that'd be awesome. But uh, nonetheless, let's go through some of the AFC North games that are coming up. The Cincinnati Bengals are on a bye week, so that's good news for everyone because no one likes the Bengals. Um, as for everyone else, obviously the Steelers play the Ravens. We're going to talk about that game and predict that game here in a second. Um, other than that, the Cleveland Browns are fortunate enough to play the Kansas City Chiefs. So good news is that we don't need to pick the AFC North games other than the Ravens and the Steelers because I don't think anyone on this planet would pick the Browns to beat the Chiefs. But then you know what? Hugh Jackson's gone. Todd Haley's gone. Maybe, maybe this is the turning point. No. It's not the turning point. Lance, there's no chance in hell that the Chiefs lose to the Browns. Am I right? You are correct. Oh, my gosh. Are you doing that on purpose? <laughs> okay. Let's try to get this pick from you, Lance, and we can wrap this thing up because it is, it's not good. We'll just put it that way. It's not good. Um, so... Let's go with uh, Steelers, Ravens. The last line that I saw was the Steelers were actually getting three points. They are road dogs going to M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Lance, just real quick, if you can get it out before your internet goes berserk, or maybe it's haunted on this Halloween, who you got, what's your score? And he's gone. All right. So there we go. There we have it. Lance is out. That's fine. I will get a text from him and we will get, make sure we get him his prediction for me. I personally think that this is a game. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really, really difficult for the Pittsburgh Steelers because this is not an easy place to play. This is not a place where all of a sudden they can just stroll in like it's Cleveland or they can stroll in like it's Cincinnati and they can just take over and dominate. They don't have a good history at M&T Bank Stadium. They don't play well there. They won there last year, but remember a lot of that game was on Ryan Shazier with that incredible athleticism that he displayed on more than one occasion. That interception of Joe Flacco comes to mind. The Steelers are going to have to play, in my opinion, one of their most complete games of the season if they want to leave victorious 5-2-1 and one, and with a stranglehold on the division, really putting the, the Ravens down in the standings and making it an uphill climb for them to get back into it. At the same time, 
I understand that the the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that, in my opinion, is turning the corner. They're playing better. The Ravens, where are they headed? Are they in the right direction? They've lost two in a row. There's that horrible loss at home to the Saints where Justin Tucker missed the extra point. They go down to Carolina and get beat up physically. What are they going to look like? This, this game, this is what I hate about the NFL scheduling. I hate how five of the six of the AFC North games for the Steelers are going to be done before week 10. I hate that. I hate it. I want these games. I want this Steelers-Ravens second game to be in early December or late November with a ton of meaning behind it, and it's just not the case. So Lance just texted me his prediction. Those that are out there listen to the show all the time know this. Shouldn't come as a shock to anyone. They say 24-20. He says 24-21, Ravens win. He's predicting a Ravens bounce back win, and that's that. As for me, I'm going to say that I think the Pittsburgh Steelers win this game. I think the Steelers are poised to have a great game. I feel like they're going in the right direction, like I just said. I'm going to go with the final score, Pittsburgh 27, Baltimore 24. Three points. I think it's going to be a close game, and uh, that's going to be interesting. So at this point, I'd like to open it up for questions um, on the YouTube live chat. If you have questions, I have answers. I'll try to do the best that I can. Lance, I kicked him off the show because his it was bad. I apologize for that. That's not normal. He's out on the road. He's being mobile. He lives in California. For those that um, have ever been to California, which I haven't, but he tells me about how awful the, the traffic is, and he's, he's doing the best that he can, so I thank him for his time. Uh, Keystone asked if I can trade Lance. I'm not trading Lance. Uh, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to hear something better or something different tomorrow night, we'll have our Steelers preview show. In which case, um, we'll be previewing every aspect of this upcoming game with the Ravens, key matchups, predictions, fantasy football stuff. You name it, it'll be there. Uh, Chris asked, "Does Artie Burns start in this game?" I'm going to say no. I don't think that he starts unless Cody Sensabaugh is hurt. If he's hurt and can't play and they don't trust Cameron Sutton on the outside, then I think he will. But I don't think he does. If Sensabaugh is healthy, I think Sensabaugh gets to start. Do I think Burns will play? If he shows up and is a good soldier for this week, then I think he will play, yes. Um, the next question by Claude, will Le'Veon Bell be a distraction? I think absolutely his return would be a distraction. This is a team that for, oh my gosh, I mean, think about it. Everyone out there listening, watching, what was the last time you heard about Steelers and drama? Been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's because there's no news on Le'Veon Bell because everyone's happy for James Conner. Antonio Brown is getting scoring touchdowns, getting receptions. No one else complains on the team. So it's been great. It's been, <laughs> unless you like that stuff, uh, it would be a giant distraction for him to come back. I don't think it would be healthy for the team. I understand what Lance was saying earlier about how, you know, it, it's one of those situations where he is a great player. And I think that Steeler fans, I did a, a radio spot earlier today. Some Steeler fans are so angry about it that they kind of convinced themselves that he wasn't that good. He was that good. But the problem is, is that it comes with a price. And so, yeah, I think he would be a distraction. Uh, Will asked, uh, do I think the return of Eli Rogers at some point will help the offense even more? Or do I think James Washington might fill into the role at some point? James Washington not playing, coming off a of bye week, in my opinion, 
spoke volumes about his development. I think it's just going to take time, more time than usual. I thought that, you know, James Washington would be on that Juju Smith-Schuster path where the first quarter of the season he plays, but he doesn't get a lot of touches, and then he starts to turn it on. That never happened. Um, I think Eli Rogers would have more of an impact if he's given a chance. It all depends on how that plays out. It depends on how healthy he really is and that knee where he plays in the slot. If you can't come in and out of your breaks, you're you're done. You have no value to the offense at his size and his stature. So it all depends on his health. All right. So uh, let's go, Thomas. How important is the the line play in this game? The Steelers were bullied. But it's very important. I think that Marcus Gilbert playing in this game is very important. I understand that last year Chris Hubbard played well in his absence. That Matt Filer has played well in his absence this year. But you cannot downgrade the skill level of Marcus Gilbert, especially running the football. He's a very good run blocker. He's one of those pieces that is very important in the in the red zone. I, I can't remember the statistic off the top of my head, but last year the, the percentage, the scoring percentage for the Steelers with him in the lineup in terms of red red zone conversions was markedly better than when he wasn't in there. That's not a coincidence. They the Steelers need Marcus Gilbert on the defensive side. I don't think it's so much the line because I trust the Steelers defensive line. It's the linebackers. They have to make sure they get those sub packages in there. I really liked what I saw with Morgan Burnett and LJ Fort subbing in for Bostic and Williams and sub packages that gave them more athleticism. Yet they were still able to tackle and cover. That could be a good recipe for the Steelers defense moving forward. Um, Orlando Jones asked, what do I think about Ike Taylor's career in Pittsburgh? I thought he was a very good quarter cornerback at one time. I thought he was one of the better in the league. I'm not saying he was a Revis Island type, but he would travel with the other team's best receiver. He went against some really good receivers. You think guys like Chad Ochocinco, TJ Hushmanzada, uh, not to mention some other players that he did very well against. Terrell Owens comes to mind. So yeah, I've always liked Ike Taylor. Emilio asks, uh, what do you think of Tomlin saying he doesn't want to pay someone to be upstairs watching to help with coaches' challenges? I didn't see this or hear this, um, but you know what? I, I, that's, I guess that's his prerogative. I can't say I agree with it. Uh, his challenges have been awful. So I'd have to go back and look at the history. Do they Did they typically have someone up there and now they got rid of them? What were his challenges like when that changed? You know, this was some those would be some things that I would have to buy. I'm pretty sure most teams actually employ someone to look at these reviews and then radio down and say, you might want to challenge that. If they don't, I feel like they're missing the boat. Um Keystone Wolf asked when will Le'Veon sign? Again, on that radio spot I did today, they asked me this question. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. He has to report, I believe, before week 10 if he wants to if he wants to play this year. So if he waits after week 10, the, the collective bargaining agreement, from what I've read, states that he can't play. He's got to show up at that time. Now, when he shows up at that time, the Steelers will have that two-week roster exemption, which they can use on him. They can choose to pay him or not pay him. That is what I've been reading is a huge sticking point in these negotiations that Le'Veon Bell once paid, and the Steelers are saying, we're not paying you for that, bud. And so because of that, now there's the, well, we're not going to show up if you're not going to pay us. And the Steelers are basically saying, well, that's fine. Don't show up. 
We'll save some money. We've got a good running back right now, but we all know that can change at the drop of a hat. So there you go. Um, Snowman asked, should Connor stay the starter if Le'Veon Bell comes back? I definitely think if it was early, so let's say that he comes back before week 10, the week 10 game would be against the Carolina Panthers on Thursday night football in Pittsburgh. If he comes back, I, I definitely would think that if, if, if he plays that week, if not, if they play him the week after, that James Conner would still be the starter. James Conner would get the majority of, of the touches, but they would work Le'Veon Bell back in, and I would hope that they would eventually have more of a two-pronged approach to the uh a two-pronged approach to the wider to, to the running back situation if he comes back it's a big if nate asks is ryan switzer worth keeping long term if you're saying long term as in the rest of the season yes i understand that he's made two pretty big mistakes um in the return game but i think i also trust him to fair catch the ball and not drop it I also trust him to possibly give you a spark. He's averaging over 10 yards per punt return. That's not, you know, that's not too bad. Um, I just think that what they had back there was an accident waiting to happen. And you don't want Antonio Brown back there. What's really interesting to me is how often and how frequent they're using him as a receiver. I believe he played 19 snaps last week against the Browns as a receiver. That's a lot. So they're trying to get him on the field in different situations. And uh, so I think he's worth it. Personally, I do. I like the kid. Um, let's see here. Uh, Keystone asks, is Le'Veon signed by week 10? If I had to guess, I'm going to say yes. He does want some money. He does want to be able to, he wants to be able to prove that he can actually still play at a high level. Because if you think about it right now, his stock is plummeting. It's plummeting because it looks like Jay, he was maybe a product of a system that the offensive line that's doing what they're doing for James Conner was the same one that was doing it for Le'Veon Bell. And that he wants to prove that, hey, look, I still got it. You know, I've been off, but I still got it. I think he shows up. That's just me. Okay. Um, it's here, Styles. It says, why is everyone supposedly shocked at the lack of progression from James Washington? It drives me crazy. We're even trying to compare this progression to Juju last year. Well, I think that you under, got to understand that it's another second-round draft pick. If the Steelers can draft a position well, it's it's a wide receiver. And James Washington, what he brought to the table from college at Oklahoma State was exactly what they needed and what they lost to Martavis Bryant. That is a deep threat. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster is not a possession receiver. He's a very versatile He's a very good receiver. He's more of an all-around receiver, whereas James Washington, like I said, they needed someone to take the top off of defense, and his college tape showed that he can do just that. So I think that's where the disappointment is because it, you feel like if he could do anything, it's to run those deep routes and catch a couple of those passes, but for some reason he and Roethlisberger have just never been on the same page. Um do I think someone will try to get Coach Munchak in the offseason? There was a report that Munchak might be on the Browns list in the offseason for potential candidates. I don't know. I can't answer that question. I do know that he was a second interview candidate for the Arizona Cardinals, meaning he went through the first round of interviews. They wanted to have him come back. That means they're seriously considering him as the coach. And what happens? 
he says, no, thanks. I'm taking my hand. I'm taking my name out of the hat. I don't want the job. That's, that's got to stick in a lot of teams minds for whatever reason. No one really knows why he said that he liked his family liked it in Pittsburgh. He went to Penn state. So Pennsylvania guy, um, it's one of those situations where, you know, you, you got to look at this and say, for whatever reason, I don't know if he's going to go or not. I don't know what they're going to do. So I hope he doesn't go. We'll put it that way. I hope he doesn't go because ultimately he's a phenomenal coach. He, I mean, not everyone can take a Matt Filer. He's probably built more for guard. Throw him out there and have him look as good as he did. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Lance is getting a lot of flack about his crappy internet, which is, hey, you should give him crap about that. It sucks. He sucks. No, I'm just joking. Um, let's see here. Any more questions? They go dry. A lot of predictions. Steelers 24, Ravens 14. Have another uh, couple other predictions. A lot of people like the Steelers. I like it. You know, uh, Ali Howard says James Washington's the slowest deep threat I've ever seen. But the funny thing is, and I'm not disagreeing with you there, Ali, is that if you watch his college film, that's what he did the best. And it's crazy because he does not have the straight line speed of a Washington. He doesn't have the four forty yard dash speed of you know someone else like you. Well, heck, even if he was brown, he's fast as guy. He just isn't the fastest guy. And you have to go run laps. You have to know how to get open. You have to know how to read the coverage. That's the situation in the National Football League. But maybe he's just not able to do that yet. I'm not closing the book on James Washington. No one's good. Uh, I trust the Steelers will be able to develop this group of people and they'll be able to get them on the right stage. Will it be an impact for this year? Not sure. But at the same time, this defense is pretty very, very good. Keep that in mind. Um, this will be one about Jack against the Steelers. Alexa says last game uh, against the Ravens offensive line, the Steelers offensive line was even from Jack. Hopefully they can keep that up. Seeing a kid more touch on the other side because I agree with that 100%. In offensive line, it's something that is the Steelers offensive line. The last three games have only submitted one pass and two quarterbacks left in those three games. That is remarkable. Now, you can say what you want about the team that they played, and you have the Falcons, not a very good defense. The defense would have to say that. Those were the teams we were fast. Now, actually, have a good defense. I was it. All those are the players. And that was not a play where Alejandro was on the radar. He dominated my players. That's how he challenged me. What's that? I mean, I was going to do that. He said he got picked up by the man fast. That's the only reason he got that shot. But that's great. Yeah. I definitely think so. Um, is going in and out youtube sometimes is the cause for that so i want to make sure that's very clear it's not always the internet connection we use our youtube feed as our primary host 
for our podcasting network. So I apologize for any sound quality issues. Know that it's not always our on our end of things. But you know what? We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you'll be back next week. Next week is going to be unique. And it's because the Steelers play on Thursday night next week. So just so you're aware, this week is status quo. Tomorrow night, I'll be on with Brian Anthony Davis. We'll talk about the Steelers-Ravens. We will be on after the Ravens game as the post-game show. The hangover will be the same next week. But then we're probably going to move the Thursday show to Tuesday if we can. I might be on by myself. I might bring on someone else to preview the upcoming game. The standard will be on Wednesday, and the game will be on Thursday. So it's going to be a little bit different. But I also have to remind everyone out there, make sure you check us out on all of our platforms. So if you're an Android user, go to Google Play. You like iTunes for Apple users, go there. Spotify for either. We're on all those platforms. Art19, Stitch, you name it. We are there. If you type in, like today I went to iTunes, just did a, a quick search for Steelers. Boom. One of the first results. Same on Spotify. Check us out. Subscribe. Make sure you're getting all the Steelers content. Make sure you're not missing out on anything. And always, Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We had over 10 articles today. We're averaging 10 articles this month. It's great. If you haven't logged in and become a member of the site, do it. Some great discussion in the comment sections with the great content that we provide. So Lance, I'm sure he's probably listening somewhere. Thank you for your time. Thank everyone for watching, for listening. We appreciate it. We'll see you on the next one. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.